Coffee with Humans is live, candid conversations between strangers who become friends, made possible with your support. Subscribe, share, and comment on your favorite platform. Contribute at Patreon or get Coffee with Humans mugs and more. Links are at coffeewithhumans.com. Thanks for joining me. I'm, I know very little about you. We <laughs> awkwardly stared at each other for the last eight minutes. It's everything about the concept is what we don't do anymore. We don't just have conversations with people where there's not an agenda. Right? It's like meeting a stranger in a parking lot or something and then like, hey, you want to have coffee? <laughs> yes. Oh, so how are you, you doing? How's your day? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, we are live here with Coffee with Humans with my soon-to-be new friend, Christina. She's still actually a stranger. I only met her about eight minutes ago. So that's the essence of Coffee with Humans. Two people just bumping into each other randomly and saying, hey, let's grab coffee. Before we got on the broadcast, I was thinking if we could have this discussion anywhere, where would that be? And I came up with we, we could be sitting in Iceland in a hot spring. Lovely. So if you could have this discussion anywhere, where would it be for you? Love this question. I'm stumped right now. I'm not really a uh, beach person in terms of getting in with the aquatic life, but I do like to be near it and feel the breeze from it. Okay. And so anywhere by a beach. What drew you to clicking the button to have coffee with me? I was searching and I found this one and it grabbed me. It pulled me in and it just seemed your podcast and Coffee with Humans seemed very welcoming that you were really eager and enjoyed just making meaningful connections. Coffee with Humans is like Sunday brunch. <laughs> I love Sunday brunch. <laughs> okay, good. Because, well, you're in the right place. Only there's no food. Um <laughs> We are live here with Coffee with Humans with my new friend, Jermaine, who is uh, on the other side of the world, I gather, because before the broadcast, I said, it is early here. And he said, what time is it? And I said, uh, 7 a.m. And you said, what What was it, 2 p.m. for you? Yep, 2 p.m., yep. So whereabouts in the world is that? So I'm in Cape Town, South Africa now. So I just got here a couple of days ago. I was in Malaysia for quite a while. so. I'm at the beach, so it's it's always good at, at the beach. At the beach, man, in Cape Town. That's awesome. Well, Coffee with Humans is uh, a fantastic time uh, for me, certainly, because I'm in Il northern Illinois. We just completed another round of snow, and I get to meet with folks all over the world. And uh, hearing that you're at the beach in Cape Town, uh, what is the weather like in Cape Town? It's nice today. It was kind of stormy yesterday, but today it's, uh, I don't know, 78 and breezy and clear, gorgeous. Man, well, uh, the sun is shining anywhere uh, at all times or someplace at all times, I think is what they talk about. So welcome to Coffee with Humans. I'm curious, uh, being in Cape Town and just coming from Malaysia, what inspired you to, to come on to Coffee with Humans when you signed up? What was on your mind? Uh, I, I guess, um, I guess the simplicity of it, I like the sound of it. Um, there's nothing complex. There's no agenda. It's just, Hey, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's true. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, I, I think, um, I think that's surprising to a lot of people that they're like, uh, I had one guy asked at one point in time, we kind of exchanged some emails back and forth. He said, what are we going to talk about? I said, anything you like. And he says, no, seriously, what are we going to talk about? I was like, no, really, <laughs> anything you want. It's totally fine. And it took him off guard 
I think people have lost the art of just having a conversation with with another human being, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's funny because all these the podcasts I go on, it's always, hey, here's what we're going to talk about. Or is this OK if we talk about this or what three things do you want to talk about? What do you and, and I always say the same thing. I don't care. Let's just let it flow. Yeah. Let let nature take its course. And where the conversation goes, the conversation goes like. Let's not try to script your whole life. It's it's kind of a lose lose situation. Yeah, I it's interesting. It's a kind of an exercise in contrast. I had a conversation just the other day with a, a lovely lady uh, who is who is talking about this idea of just living in the moment and living with impenetrable joy is what she called it. the The thought being that we are always looking ahead, we're always planning, we're always scheming. Uh, and I and I'm a planner and schemer as well, uh, so I I admittedly was, you know have a difficult time with this. Um, but she said, you know, you're, we're always supposed to enjoy our now because it's all we have. And what if what if uh, what would happen in our lives if we just enjoyed our now, like just having a conversation instead of having a conversation so as to, uh, you know, get our top ten list or figure out how to be more productive or you know, use our time more wisely or whatever it is. Uh, what what would change in our lives if we simply allowed space for just being, just allowing things to be as they are? It's an interesting thought. Yeah, and I think she hit the nail on the head. It's joy because that's really the essence of life. If you strip away all the other stuff and all the layers and all the stories that you place upon it, really, it's just right now. Like, I don't know you. You don't know me. You're on the other side of the world. And here's the beautiful thing I think about quite a bit is like, I'll probably never see you again the rest of my life. And likewise for you. So like, this is our one opportunity to connect and have a conversation and like share this moment together because it ain't going to be here forever. And I'll probably never see you again. <laughs> and it's just the truth. So why wouldn't you be completely engaged in this conversation and like the moment that we have, because that's all life is. It's a series of, you know, whatever, a million moments and then you die. So it's like, uh, cherish them like why wouldn't you even the bad stuff like take like enjoy it and use it as fuel yeah the the thought has has come to my mind a number of times standing for instance in let's say a, a very historical place and and pondering this idea that the roads that we're on uh were, were not there let's say 100 200 years ago the buildings were not there the 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 cattle if you're on a you know standing on a farm we're, we're in a lot of farmland here the cattle that were are, are are out there you know may not have been there the farmland as we know it today probably wasn't out there in the same in the same way and yet people were living lives that were very significant very meaningful uh to them not thinking about us you know not not thinking about me uh and and they were they were kind of captured um, in their own worlds. And it happens now. You, like you talk about, you have your own, you have your own world, your own space. I don't know what you were doing in Malaysia. I don't know what you're doing in Cape town. Uh, you have no idea what I'm doing in Northern Illinois. And yet our worlds are so significant. Uh, and once in a while we have this opportunity to just kind of bump up against somebody else and, uh, kind of bring our, bring our world to another person, bring our space to another person, bring ourselves into that space. 
it is it's an interesting um i don't know it's an interesting thought that uh there are billions of people on the planet that give no consideration to anybody else um and, and how significant you know and, and important each of our individual lives are to ourselves and yet we impact each other and i don't know what's your what's your what's your brain space as you think about you know this idea that we get to meet here for an hour um and maybe we never see each other again you know what's the <laughs> what's the point uh well I don't, I don't know if there even is a point that's the beauty in it there is no point um nothing matters so why not enjoy what does matter to you and for me it may i don't know about yourself but i enjoy conversations i enjoy ideas um and so if i can learn something from you or get like a different thought or, or angle or perception of something then i can use that because at the end of the day we're all selfish let's be honest so i'm you know i'm going to be looking for things that are, i can use for myself that are going to fuel me and it might come from you it might come from somebody else it can come from me just walking down the street and having a quick smile with somebody um like like you only have that moment to say hello or say good morning or say good evening or whatever and so um it's to me that's where the joy lies is just being cognizant of the the moments we all share together as humanity because we're all here on this you know blink of 80 years or 100 years or however long we make it and people come before us people will come after us but this is our time here you know you call call last year a bad year i think it was the best year of my life you know i, I don't i don't shade life through colors of like oh what a bad year what a bad month what a bad day no it's just like no it was an opportunity for me to grow and get better and take advantage of opportunities and so um i think i think when you're when you're talking about like you know the farms weren't there and the buildings weren't there i think in context of look of all that's here now from people uh, putting the framework in order for us to enjoy like the fruits that we have now. So you have like electricity, you gotta think about like Edison and all the people before Edison that kind of lit his spark to think about stuff as far as electricity or you know this laptop and this microphone, I didn't build it, but I get to utilize the technology for pennies on the dollar. And it's like magic and like everything in life is like magic really if you think about it, like the coffee you're drinking, the food you're eating, it just comes to you, it's like, there's like we get, we're almost so lazy in this new age. There, people don't have any like uh, grit to them. They're just kind of to push them over. Um, they, they're so fragile. So I think um, we have to. I think we have to get back in touch with um, being gritty and and doing things that uh, are hard and that you don't want to do. Um, it, it, it sharpens your mind. It sharpens your body. It sharpens your spirit. How how do you? Um... I'm curious because the the chat the the chat that we have this or today is, is titled "Fear and Death," <laughs> which is a stark contrast, I think, to kind of what you're talking about. Uh, if I think if, if most people were to read "Fear and Death" with Jermaine Cheatham, uh what where's this fear and death thing come from when you're talking about hey, we're going to use this stuff, we're going to have a great time? Well, I think I think it's. That's funny that you think it's stark, a stark contrast because to me it's like in the same exact vein because okay. to me, when I'm cognizant of death, it makes me appreciate mm -hmm. the moment. It makes me appreciate everything I have. It makes me uh, more excited. It makes me more driven. It makes me more ambitious. It makes me more kind because we're all walking each other home, which is death. So 
there's nothing really to strive for or to grasp onto or to avoid or to cling. It's just like, be here, enjoy it, do your best and let bygones be bygones. So I always think about death because I realize it's coming to an end at some point. I don't know when, um, and everyone's in the same boat as me. So it's like, I, I always have to kind of pinch myself and say, why am I wasting a moment of my life force or energy with this quote unquote problem when a hundred years from now, this is not a problem. Five years from now, this won't be a problem. Five months from now, I'll look back on this, it won't be a problem. So like, why we have all this angst and all this gnashing of the teeth? And so, so that's kind of the fear element of it. And then, I'm sorry, that's the death element of it. And then the fear element of it is, again, it doesn't matter. So like, why would I ever let emotion control me and says, oh, I can't do that because of, uh, that's just an emotion. So I'm gonna die. Death is coming for everybody. So if there's something I really want, but I'm scared because I don't know the what's the outcome's gonna be, and I'm letting that hold me back from going after what I really want because I'm scared and I'm letting an emotion control me. And I know cognitively that death is coming too. So it's like, I can't let those two be the, the, the driving force in my life. So fear gets pushed away because I'm paying attention to death. Cause I'm like, well, why wouldn't I do it? I'm gonna die, who cares? None of this shit matters, nothing matters. Just do your thing, try your best. Like let, let your music be heard, whatever that music is, your unique music, and then let bygones be bygones. So that's kind of the, the coupling. But when you have those two things at play, then you can enjoy the, hear the, the sound of the ocean. You can enjoy the breeze on your skin. You can enjoy the music. You can enjoy the TV show. You can enjoy your, your neighbors and strangers. You can enjoy the sports. Like everything has so much more fruit and girth to it. Yeah. You said, uh, you, you, you phrased, um, uh, it doesn't matter. And I'm curious if you really mean that, or if you just mean that in, in a value equation, there are things that matter more. So the, the, the saying I heard at one point in time is if it doesn't, if it's not going to matter five years from now, don't spend five minutes on it today. And it's not that the, it's not that the issue that would take five minutes doesn't matter. It's just that it doesn't matter as much. And we have to make that value equation uh, and a determination of whether to address it and whether to get involved in how much energy do we give it? I, I remember I was, I was uh, uh, talking to somebody, I can't remember who it was, <clears throat> it was a long time ago. And the, uh, the, the idea was um, throughout the day, we've got a certain, we've got a certain amount of energy we can expend hundred percent of our energy and uh, everything that we do consumes a bit of that energy. And so we need to figure out what the main event is for today. What's the main event? And then set aside the amount of energy that we need for that main event and work everything else around that main event. And so part of the consideration is what is the main event for today? Uh, and if we can take care of the main event for today and the main event for tomorrow and the main event as it comes to us for the next day and reserve the amount of space for that, then our months, our years, our lives take care of themselves. Uh, not that it doesn't matter, but everything has a certain value to it. Yeah, when I, when I say it doesn't matter, it's kind of tongue in cheek because what I mean is like nothing really does matter in the grand scheme of things, but it gives you a freedom when you have this mindset of nothing matters, nothing at all, like nothing has any value. So when you have that freedom of that mindset, then you can actually do the things that do matter to you. 
like the things you actually want to do. So it's kind of a juxtapose mindset, but it, it does free you up to like, just focus on the stuff that you really want to do and you don't let the fear hinder you. Yeah. Well, we're going to try something here. And speaking of fear hindering us, uh, we've got this person here who just signed on. Uh, and I've and I've got I'm, we're, we're trying something new here. <laughs> I'm going to turn off our, our little logo thing here uh, because we're going to try something new. We've got the comments over on the right hand side. So as you put your comment in the chat in this fantastic Tuesday morning, uh, they're going to display <laughs> right over there. <laughs> Greetings from the UK. I have a question for Jermaine. Uh, there's nothing I love more than a cup of tea. Uh, what, what else did he say in here? It's, it looks like it's cut off. Oh, until I saw your beard. Thanks, DJ Yannix. That's great. I do sport a quality beard. Um, the, the, the cutoff here says, what are your thoughts on recent findings on hawking radiation? <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> a black body radiation that is predicted by, to be released by black holes due to quantum effects near the black hole event horizon is named after the physicist Stephen Hawking could provide a theoretical argument for its existence in 1974. <laughs> Um, huh. This, and this person was very, very, uh, insistent here. Please read my comments to Jermaine. <laughs> uh, if I were to Google this, uh, is Hawking radiation proven is the second question on Google. It's a very particular type of light. The black holes uh, ought to emit Hawking radiation, arguably the greatest breakthrough it's how unfortunately it's almost certain that we'll never detect it. Okay. I don't know what they're talking about. Thanks, Scott. Uh, Scott Kelsey also was uh, signed in there. <laughs> he was saying that his question also was on Hawking radiation. <laughs> so some people are considering all sorts of things that speaking of maybe, maybe do or don't matter or can or cannot be detected. Uh, DJ Yannix here, uh, you're, 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 Comment here, though, if it's out of your control, get it out of your mind, I think is super important. Uh, not sure about the Hawking radiation, but if it's out of your control, get out of your mind. Yeah, you got to figure out what what you have responsibility and authority over. And if you don't have responsibility and authority over for it, why are we, you know, why, why ponder it in terms of bringing it back to our previous conversation? in terms of 100% of the control that you have or 100% of the uh, power or or uh, energy that you have for today, don't consume it on things that you have no responsibility or authority over. Instead, reserve that for the things that are yours. <laughs> what do you think of that, Jermaine? <laughs> I thought you were going to add on to that. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, period. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's literally a complete waste of your uh, life force and your time here just to focus on stuff you can't control. So, like, if you don't like a situation, either learn to like it or change it. Those are the few options you have. So, uh, in terms of death, death is one of those great equalizers, right? Death and taxes, uh, great equalizers. Uh, and it, and in theory, and I, I wrote something last year in regard to the pandemic. In theory, um, this idea of looking at looking at death has a way of filtering through the noise. 
because pretty universally folks who, who face death seem to come to this idea that, you know, there's a lot of things that don't matter, like you talked about, and it, and they hone it down into the things that they really want to, uh, really want to do. They, they, you know, this idea of the bucket list. Um, I talked with a guy at one point in time, I think he was in Australia and he talked about his bucket list and he wrote a book and he's just been going around, basically going around the, the planet, checking off bucket list items, just cause he's like, why not? Why wouldn't you live your bucket list if you've got life and do it today instead of, um, in his, I think if, if, if I remember correctly, instead of having this idea that, you know, you work, 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 work to eventually enjoy your bucket list. You don't even know that you have that time. You, there's, I think the lifespan in, in the U S something like 82 or something for guys. Um, I'm curious if, uh, I'm curious how many people wait too long kind of to the end of that curve when the bodies don't work anymore and the mind doesn't work anymore. And all of a sudden it's like, hmm, well, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yeah, I know. It's like, to me, I've always thought of a retirement as life for suckers because why would I mm -hmm. work for 40 years in a job I hate, or even if I love the job, just to now I can live my life and go to Europe and go to Spain and go to whatever I'm going to cruises. Yeah. I'm now I'm 70 years old and I, I have to wear diapers. Like that's not fun. I want to do it when I'm young. So I've always believed in like lifestyle design, like live your life, like as if you're a retiree. That's kind of how I design my life where it's like, I work a couple hours a day and the rest of the day I'm surfing or chilling or whatever I want to do yeah. things I enjoy. So it's, I kind of think about that quite a bit, but as far as the bucket list, it's like, to me, that's, that's kind of like another, I don't know, everyone's different, but for me personally, I would never have a bucket list because I think it's stupid because I don't have the hubris enough to think that I can dictate what's going to happen in my life, where I'm going to go, what opportunities are going to present themselves. I never knew I was going to end up in Malaysia. I didn't know I was going to end up in Cape Town. I didn't have any plans to do this. I just kind of planned month to month and it's like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I've never been there before. Let's try that out. So otherwise, mm -hmm. if it's like a list and it's like very dogmatic and rigid, it's kind of like goals. I don't believe in goals either because I think they're stupid. Um, how am I going to, how do I think I can control life so much where I know what I want in 10 years from now? I have no idea what I want tonight. So it's like, I'm trying to just plan for right now, the process, like how can I execute in the moment? And so when I execute with excellence in the moment, then the future is going to be beautiful. I don't have to worry about how it's going to show up because the energy is going to come to me. People are going to come to me. Opportunities are going to come to me as long as I show up with excellence right now. So, um, yeah, I, I think some people would say that you're crazy. For, for thinking for thinking of this idea that there's no goals and uh, and you're not alone in this there is a I just read something oh, shoot it's in the past couple of days in fact I just read somebody else who's like I, I've stopped making goals I stopped doing it I just take care of the things that I need to take care of and the goals seem to take care of themselves and and that is a really, I mean, talk about contrast. That's a real big contrast, at least to, to U.S. society. And I know that the U.S. is a, is a snapshot of, you know, or, or a part of the world. Not everybody has the luxury of creating goals. We, we create all these goals for ourselves. But there's a large part of the world that would be like, what you're planning for 10 years from now? It's like, I'm just trying to put food on the table. And 
And the, and it's interesting because if you travel the world and you've seems like you have traveled the world, there are a lot of cultures that are a lot more relaxed uh, than us and arguably happier with a lot less stuff. And, and I, and I wonder, and this kind of gets to Scott Kelsey's point here, as he puts that in the chat, this stuff that we've got and this technology that we've got around us, are we disrupting our own ability to live life by having all of our stuff and by, by creating, you know, by having a technology out there that helps us plan and maximize productivity and all this other stuff. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a minimalist for sure. So, um, but that doesn't mean I'm not a maximalist of my opportunities and the things I do mm -hmm. love. So um, I do think we we're without question distracting ourselves. But I think a lot of it comes back to, we like to stay busy because we don't want to face our demons, whether it's, you know, a lot of work or we want to stay at the office because we don't like our family or like there's always things we're running from. Humans in general are, are kind of the story of running and hiding. It basically comes down to fear. And so I think a lot of the stuff that we accumulate is to make us feel better about our situation, whether it's food or it's alcohol or it's the new bins or whatever it is. It's always having to fill that hole. And I always feel like goals are the same way. Like goals are always you're either going to be disappointed because you didn't get the goal that damn near gave you the heart attack because you're all stressed out about the goal. So you're all pissed off about yourself because you didn't make the goal or B, you get the goal, but you almost killed yourself in the process of getting the goal. But actually at the end, when you get the goal, it's very anticlimactic. You don't really feel that much better because now you got to set a new goal for something bigger and better. And it never ends. And instead of this, like the way I think about goals is if I can have a processes day in and day out of things I know that are important to me, like we talk about like what matters to me, whether that's working out or meditating or uh, reading or whatever it is, if I execute on that, then I'm going to be focused for whatever else falls in my lap because I know that is really what matters to me and what gives me juice. And I, I'll, I, I would outshine any goal I could make up or fathom if I live from that place because I've done that. I never had goals and I, my life has far exceeded anything I could ever plan for because, okay, I want to make $100,000 this month. But what if I just executed it with excellence in this moment every day? Next thing you know, you're making $500,000 a month. But if I would have capped it at a hundred thousand, cause that was my goal, then I'm, I, I'm the, now I'm the idiot. So, you know, and, and it wasn't joyful. Like I want to do things that make me feel good. Like I have, I have a rule. If it's not simple, easy, and fun, I'm not going to do it. I won't. Life's too short. So, uh, I don't care if it's business or pleasure or whatever. I'm not going to do it if it's not fun or simple or easy. Hmm. That is very simple. Uh, I mean, the thought of it, the, the thought behind it, uh, the, I think the perspective that I come at it with is that each of us has a certain sphere of influence and whatever our sphere of influence is, if we, if we move into that with whatever, uh, whatever abilities we have, we bring our, we bring ourselves to that. Like you talked about that moment, um, our influence changes, right? And so perhaps when we're young or we're starting out in, you know, our, our work, our work matters, it matters to us, matters to me. Um, and we have a certain amount of influence instead of like you talk about, you know, planning for some, some scope that is that we, pre, that we predetermined, which is pretty silly to do that because we don't know what we're capable of or what might happen. If we just take care of what we have in our sphere of influence, when our sphere of influence changes, we continue to take care of that. And if that means that we eventually become responsible for a large, you know, organization or, or many employees, then we do that. 
if it means that we continue to to have a uh you know we, we work in a fishing village or something like that you know and and do tours in cape town then do that do that with excellence do that as best as we can uh to whatever degree we want because i think like you talk about you you said something like you craft your life i can't remember exactly the, the exact terminology used but we have the ability to do that we have the ability to craft our lives to a to a large degree uh and then if we bring our full selves to our opportunities, those might, you know, um, those might really be impressive uh, at some point in time. It, you know, we, we might surpass what we even thought we were capable of if we simply walk into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking about what you were saying about like spheres of influence and like, and maybe start thinking about leadership. And I have a weird take on it because I don't believe in any of that. <laughs> like, I don't believe in leadership. I don't believe there's such thing as a uh, being like you, you have a fear, uh, a sphere of influence or you're like an influencer because at the end of the day, that's all this kind of a byproduct of you influencing yourself, you being a leader of yourself and like whatever, whatever your thing is like, oh, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. and work out. If you work up at 5 a.m. because you told yourself you're going to work up at 5 a.m., then you're a leader, for, even if nobody's watching. Because sooner or later, someone is going to watch you in other realms of your life show up with this type of energy or this type of whatever it is, this it factor, and they're going to want to follow you and, and be close to that energy. So um, it's to me, it's like it's 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 not getting to the core of what we're talking about. It's just kind of surface level stuff when you talk about be a great leader. And it's just it's always kind of silly to me. So um, but I do know exactly what you mean, though, as far as. Um, you, you, you have to design the life you want and you got to know what that is at its core. Like for me, the design for my life has always been around freedom, uh, freedom to be, have autonomy of my time, of my money, of my space, of whatever it is, freedom is like the core. And so I designed my whole life around that one word really, but it can look like different things in different moments and different places. But as long as the core is still there, uh, the design is intact. Okay. Have you always lived like that? Yeah. So yeah, there was never a, there was never a particular moment where you decided I'm going to design my life around freedom. Well, I had to you No, know, So I guess when I was, I don't know, what was I 16, I think is when I really made the switch my freshman year of high school, where I just decided, you know, I'm not going to be scared anymore. I'm not going to be a recluse. I'm not going to uh, not be social. I'm not going to explore the world. I'm not just going to play video games and watch TV. I'm going to go out there and put myself at risk of being ridiculed or uh, judged or whatever. And um, because again, my, my innate self came to the forefront is I want freedom. I want to, I don't, I want to be free from myself at the end of the day. I want to lead myself to be who I am and not be scared of who I am or be seen or whatever it is that holds people back. And so the freedom came up. So yeah, there's, there's definitely been times in my life it happens even day to day with me where the fear will hit me and I'll, I'll notice it and be like, oh, there it is. So I just move past it. So, um, but I, I think again, at the core is the freedom because I know there's a lot of forces that are keeping, trying to keep me not free, trying to keep me chained. And it's, it, and it's all me. I made it up in my head. So I have to fight this kind of internal dialogue and this internal demon to make sure the freedom wins always. Hmm. Interesting thought. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like we are all slaves in some degree. 
So elaborate. Some of us get to choose our slavery and some don't. And so for instance, you have a life of freedom right now, but you have to, you have to uh, create that freedom through some sort of action, right? So you're still in, to some degree a slave to whatever enables your freedom. So let me think about that. So the way I, the way I'm understanding you is to me, it's more about the idea of I'm free to choose how I respond to my stimulus stimulus in the world. So for example, um, if I, mm -hmm. if my flights canceled to Paris, then I, so I'm a slave to the flight, right? I'm a slave to the airline. I'm a slave to what food they're ordering. Even if I get to pick my meal, they might say, Oh, we're out of, Beef Wellington, now you're having X, Y, and Z. So I'm a, I'm a slave to all that. I think that's what you're saying. But to, what I'm saying is I have the freedom to choose how I react to the stimuli. And I say, oh, no worries, I'll have the hell of it. Or no worries, I'll catch the next flight. And actually, I'll go to Brussels instead for a week, and then I'll go Okay, I get, through, I get where you're coming from. So is that yeah, what you're so saying? You're talking about kind of living in the moment, taking, what, taking what's there, and then you doing your best with whatever is presented to you. Okay. Yeah, being excellent in the moment and opportunity. So yeah. how, how did you get yourself, how'd you find yourself in Cape Town? You were, you've been in Malaysia, you're in Cape Town and where are you originally from? <laughs> okay. Uh, Arizona. All right. I've got a kid down in Arizona right now. Uh, who, who, who sounds a, a little bit like you in some ways. Um, he, he has a, he has a travel streak in him, which I think, I think we imparted to him at a young age. Uh, he learned, he learned that hey, you can just get up and you can travel. So, uh, what, what was your path like that brought you to, to Cape town from Arizona? Uh, just luck. I mean, last, what was it? January. I decided to leave for the year just to you know, go travel. So I went to Hong Kong in January and then, uh, I was in, uh, Thailand for about two months and lockdown was just starting around, what was that, March? And so we left Thailand and it was just gonna be in Malaysia for a weekend. Then I found a great condo. So I'm like, okay, let's stay for a month. And then, so all of March was locked down in, in, in Malaysia. So we were there for, you know, for a couple months and things started, you know, obviously lockdown stopped a little bit, but there was really nowhere to go. Like I could go back to the States, but <laughs> you guys were going through a lot of, there was a lot of nonsense going on in the States back during that time and the election was coming up. I was like, no, I don't want to be in the States. And everything, it was just no thanks. And, and Malaysia was great because everything was open. The, the movie theaters, the malls, and, and in Asia, everyone's used to wearing masks. So it's not a big deal. Um, and so then uh, after that, it was just, there, we could go to Europe, but then again, you go to Europe and then they lock it back down. And then, and then you're kind of like, we were very free at our own private beach. You know, it was great. The gym, the dry sauna, you know, tennis, golf, everything. So I was like, I ain't going nowhere. So we stayed there for almost a year. And then we were kind of waiting to see what was gonna open up. And, um, and a lot of places will open up, but they want you to do a 14 day quarantine. Again, it goes against my freedom principle. I'm not gonna do a 14 day quarantine in your hotel. Now I had to eat your food to three, three grand a person, no thanks. Um, so Cape Town opened up and there's no quarantine. It's just show you don't have a COVID on your test and you can come on in. So. It was a no-brainer. So, oh wow, that was four days okay. ago. So you you uh, navigated the 
the whole lockdown quarantine thing with your same principles. Yeah, it's, it <laughs> permeates my entire life. Yeah. What do you what do you do? How do you actively kind of pass on those principles to folks? That's a that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can really influence people. I don't know if you can really you can inspire people, but I don't think you can really teach people anything really. Uh, like like this is kind of the intangibles part, the part of life. You can teach me engineering or medical, like how to do surgery, but this part of life is very kind of an intangible thing. It's only learned in the fire, really. So you, the only thing I would ever say to anybody is put yourself in very difficult situations where you feel like you, you're not sure if you can win, but you're going to give it your best. And you don't know, um, and you're scared. Like you're very fearful. It's like, it's like the whole, um, I don't know if it's Freud or I think it's young. He always says the cave you do not want to go in is the one you have to go in. That's just the truth of life. And so I've always put myself in those situations because I use fear as like my litmus test in my, in my North star where I should go. Like if something scares me, but I know it's good for me, that's life telling me I need to go that direction. Like that's where the fruit's at on the other side of that. So by me continually do that, um, that's that's the only advice I would ever give somebody is if you want complete freedom of your life, go so out do you after judge things that scare you. Whether something that is fearful to you is good for you or not. So I have a I have a my one of my core principles besides the 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 fear and freedom thing is you have to trust yourself completely. And if you can't trust yourself in you, in your gut instinct of like, is, is this me showing up as my best self? Um, and, and then you say yes, or should I do this? And you listen to that, that whisper or whatever that is inside of you and says, yeah, I should do this. So it's good for me. Then do that. But if you don't do that thing, you know, you should be doing, and you know, it is your best self, then you're not, you're not going to be happy. You're going to be miserable. I mean, progress is happiness. So as long as you're making progress in life, you're going to be happy. But if you whimper to the things you should be doing and you're scared to do, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to be successful. And uh, it's just going to be How kind of miss your progress, though, not if, a you're fun just, ride for you. if, if you're just kind of bouncing from moment to moment. What is progress? Why does it matter? So. See, that's the that's the beautiful part about the moment to moment thing is every moment, you know what your highest self would do. Like you, every moment I could pick up, oh, I, let me have a Pepsi or should I have a bottle of water? Now, there's not a right or wrong answer in that. Only you know that right or wrong answer. Maybe you've been drinking water for six weeks straight and the Pepsi, it's time for a Pepsi or, or vice versa. I don't know. So only you know that. So every moment there's an opportunity to grow, to become that vision of who you think you are, to actually fulfill that vision. And so every moment you have an opportunity to like fill your, fill your cup up. That's what kind of thing, a thing that I think about leadership is like, Leadership is this dumb because leadership is a byproduct of me filling my cup up so full it just spills over and then other people get some of that juice. But if your cup's not full because you're not doing those moment to moment things that make you better, then you're not going to be uh, have enough juice for everybody else to to get some of that. So um, I think that's how I, yeah. I always recognize so it. So some would say my leadership is influence. This idea that there is okay. influence there's inspiration uh, but inspiration the, is sort of fleeting because i can be inspired but it's kind of like going to church camp 
you know, you go to church camp for, you know, a weekend and then you come back and you're like, yeah. And then, you know, Monday morning hits and you're like, okay, well enough of that. That in influence, however, is more like it is more like a parent to a child there, whether that the child is watching everything that parent is doing and that child's life uh, will turn out or follow some sort of path that the parent followed it when, uh, you know, it's the idea that you turn into your parents. Uh, it's kind of true-ish to some, to some degree, um, unless you actively do something differently. Uh, and so the, the influence part of leadership, I think is important. Uh, in any organization, there's the leader by title, and then there's the leader by influence. That's pretty uh, accepted principle. What are your what are your thoughts? No. Yeah, I'm not buying it. <laughs> well, I mean, at, here, here's the other thing too. This is just a vernacular. Right. Here's just words. They really don't mean anything. So it's, you can try to attach a meaning or identity to anything. And I'm kind of uh, identity agnostic. I, I'm not into identities. My whole thing is like, who are you? Like, how do you show up? And not like in a, in a in a word or a or a particular, I can't label it. I just feel it. I just know it. And so when you say you're influencing your children, to me, it's the same thing as inspiring them or because they're watching. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly, but it's, it's almost, they mm -hmm. don't care what you say. They're watching what you're doing. And if you do say something, are your actions, are they congruent with that? And so, um, I think we're, I think we're just, it's just vernacular as far as the influence versus, you know, all that stuff. So I, I just think like, who are you really? And, um, are you focused really on filling your cup? Cause you can't fill up other people's cups, even your children. Like if you're not doing the things that you need to do sure. to make sure yeah, you're yeah, right, absolutely. then the kids are. And isn't that one of the principles that, that, uh, the, the idea of, um, I guess when they talk to you in, in planes, you know, they say, put your mask on before you sell, help somebody else's, you know, get their mask on. If we were all doing that, then, you know, everybody's got their mask on and the, and the folks who don't will quickly have their mask on. And life is a lot like that. We got to take care of ourselves to be able to be there to take care of the other people in our lives that we need, that we need to be able to take care of them. And then if we find ourselves in a situation where we are unable perhaps to show up as our best self, which I think is pretty common for a lot of us, um, somebody else could be there in that space who is taking care of themselves and can help us, you know, take care of, take care of ourselves. Good morning, Bob. Thanks to our vis our viewers and listeners. Uh, Jermaine and I met mm, almost an hour ago. He's in Cape Town. I am in Northern Illinois, and we're chatting about fear, and death. Kind of not though. <laughs> I think fear and death is just this. <laughs> I think it's just a uh, um, a, a line out there, a, line, a, tra a transition line that enables us to focus down, I think is what you're talking about, Jermaine, into how do we show up right now? Because the next, you know, tomorrow we could die. You don't actually live in fear. You yeah, don't I actually do. live in fear. That's not what we're talking about. What's that? No, no, no. Um... No, I, I, I definitely don't. I definitely feel it, but I use it as fuel. So it's like, it helps me. It's like, it's, it's life kind of pushing me to not run away from it, but actually go towards it. Um, cause I trust my, myself, like we were talking about, but yeah, I, uh, 
it makes it like it's like it's, it's, the lens I look through life is those two things and it makes everything else so much easier and it makes me so much more mm -hmm. um like just joyous in general <laughs> and just like happy to be here yeah I, it it's uh it is interesting if we if we looked at and I think uh, again I alluded to this before I wrote something at the, at the beginning of the pandemic uh and I think it I think it said um Oh, the title of it was 15,000 days left or why I dance. And it talked about how, you know, based on my, based on the average lifespan, I probably have about 15,000 days left in my life. Uh, and, and how does that then influence how we live? And I wrote a line in, in this, at the end of this article, something like, um, you know, there's a, there's a, a lady on a dance floor and there's a guy sitting at a table holding his drink in one hand and his pride in the other. And, and she beckons him, come dance. And he's like, I can't dance. Um, and it, it is a picture that we see many times, uh, you know, at weddings or events where there's a, there's a guy, a poor, poor sap just sitting there like, I'm not going to dance. And it's such a shame because why not? What are you, what are you waiting for? Nobody cares about <laughs> the fact that you're dancing. And more critically, the person there's a person out there is like, hey, come on, dance with me. And you're denying yourself and that person the opportunity to simply enjoy the moment because of what? Because of the rest of us who didn't even know you existed a moment ago and are going to forget tomorrow that you were even there. We care that you like what you're going to go and fumble around. She clearly doesn't care. Poor Bob's at 8,500 days. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny though about the that's so true though about the dancing thing because it's like if you think about it when you dance it's nothing but fun like you can't be mad or upset when you're dancing like <laughs> dancing is like one of the funniest things humans can do and it's like why wouldn't you try to do that every day of your life even by yourself <laughs> at home I you totally I mean? like it's great yeah i it's uh folks folks who know me well always they uh they, kind of kind of tease me because there's, there's always a song that's running through my head and I'm either singing it or thinking it and uh and people think it's just <laughs> silly it's like I'm not doing it for any particular it's just happens I just have a song it's probably running through my head and I'm either humming it or or worse yet I'm like breathing to it I'll be like <sighs> it's like what are you doing it's like oh I'm sorry I was <laughs> I there's a beat <laughs> And I'm trying to get it out. It's like coming out of my body. And so you're right. You're like, turn on music. Don't have a, put a, put a sound system in your house and dance around a little bit. Why the hell not? I, I love, uh, I, you and I are on the, are on, on similar wavelengths, uh, even though we're, uh, across the world. Um, but you know, it's good stuff. To me, the most entertaining dancers are the, the like the, the expert dancers, like the Fred Astaire's of the world. And then like the other ones are like the worst dancers, but they're like the yes. most entertaining because they're just enjoying themselves. And, and everybody like, get out there. And there's, do a, it. there's a I, I think it's pretty universal that the people who look at other people having fun are if they're criticizing them, it's because they're jealous. But like, man, why can they have fun? Uh, or they're in on the game and they're like, man yes, finally, somebody, you know, somebody's going to let me take my hair down too. And I'm going to join you. And, and what would happen? What would happen if we lived our todays? Like we, you know, we're in a dance party. 
and and had a good time. It's the it's the it's been the topic of the last two conversations I've had both this week uh, about just enjoying enjoying life uh, in the moment because that's all, that's all we've got. Yeah, that's the only goal I ever have is is enjoy my life. Like that's my only goal. So I kind of look through everything from that lens is, am I going to enjoy this? So I want to enjoy my life. Like life's short, like enjoy it, like savor it. Let it drip <laughs> down from stuff, your mouth. Man. Any, any uh, final thoughts that you want to leave our, our viewers and listeners uh, with as we close out our time? <laughs> dance more, <laughs> That's an I guess. interesting time. It's, it's interesting <laughs> that we ended up at dance more when the title was fear and death with Jermaine Cheatham. Okay. They're on the opposite side of the same <laughs> That's point. good stuff, man. Well, thanks for being on Coffee with Humans. Thanks to all our viewers and listeners. Uh, this is a candid conversation between strangers who become friends, even though Jermaine thinks we're never going to see each other again. I think he's wrong. Thanks, Jermaine. <laughs> thanks. One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls. This has been Coffee with Humans. Subscribe to get updates or click to have coffee with me. Coffeewithhumans.com.